Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. You know, today I want to I wanna conclude this series. My mind's playing tricks on me. How many of you guys have been blessed by this series? How many of you guys have been blessed by this and uh, I really believe this message today is the catalyst. It's, it's like the crux of the series. It's what God is trying to do all along. He's trying to get us to this point. But I want you to know this, that any time a series is over is really the beginning. Because the real series begins when we begin to put into practice these things. And so I want to I conclude this series today by talking to you about the fact that all along, what God has been trying to do with us in our minds is to get it to this place where we can have the mind of Jesus. Like that is the heart of Christianity, my friends. I don't know if you understand this, but to get the mind of Jesus is to be a Christian. Right? I think we get hung up on so many things that's not Christianity. It's nice, it's good, but it's not. Like the heart of the whole thing is to be like Jesus. Can you say amen? So we're going to walk through this today. What does it mean to have the mind of Jesus? Because if you call yourself a Christian, you're saying, I'm a little Jesus. I'm a little Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. Not a person who goes to a building on a Sunday, but a person who every day is trying to be like Jesus. That's the goal, is to be more and more like Jesus. Can you say amen? So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from, a Bible reading is going to come from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 5. Again, if you're taking notes... This talk is titled, The Mind of Jesus. And if you've been with us for the last five weeks, we've been working through some things in our minds to get to this point. Right? And so here's what the scripture says. It says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? They make me truly happy. By agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Sit down. Be humble. (laughs) Sit down. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And here's the key. You must have the same attitude, which is, in other words, for saying the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. Turn to your neighbor and says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Turn to your other neighbor and says, you too must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Come on, let's thank God for his word today. So this is the goal. It's to get the mind of Jesus. But to get us to this place, there's a lot of stuff that he has to declutter and get out of the way for us to get to this point. That's why we've been doing this for the last five weeks. It's to get us to here. This is it. This is the goal. It's to get the mind of Jesus. You guys know I love movies. 
And uh, I don't know how many of you guys would identify with this, but how many of you guys have seen the movie Men in Black? How many of you guys have seen the movie Men in Black? If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to ruin it for you right now. Um, so you don't have to go home and watch it. But can you put up that picture of this movie real quick? This is a scene for Men in Black. And if you've seen the movie, any one of them, you've seen all of them. Right? Men in Black 1, 2, 3, they're all the same. Okay? But the whole premise is that these two guys, they work for the government, and their job is to protect our nation and world against aliens. Right? And then, and then once they find someone who encountered aliens, they're trying to debrief them and then erase their memory. Right? And so what they do is they have this really cool looking pen, right? And they say, if you see the movie, what do they say? They say, look into the light, right? And they flip the pen, and then your memory is erased. You never remember encountering aliens before. Are you tracking with me? If you haven't seen the movie, that's the movie. So you don't have to watch it. I just told you the entire movie. I just saved you two hours. Okay. But what I love about this is that, is that my friends, this is what I believe God is trying to do with us. God is trying to get us to the point to erase some things who have gotten in the way of us really seeing the heart of God in, in the mind of Jesus. That's why this thing is a process to get us here, to declutter a lot of stuff. And honestly, the things, a lot of times what God needs to erase out of our minds is really bad theology. A lot of times, all of us have grown up with a mindset that really wasn't the mindset that God intended for us to have. And and unfortunately, what has contributed to a lot of those mindsets is actually religion. There's a lot of bad theology who has taught us all the wrong things about who God actually is and what it means to actually follow him. Right? And I know this is going to jam up our minds a little bit, but religion can actually be an obstacle to get in the mind of Jesus. Like, just going through the motions can get you in, in a place where you don't even understand why you're here in the first place. Right? Yeah, you can get into a religious routine that you don't even know the person that you're actually trying to worship. Right? And depending on your upbringing, a lot of times God has been equated to going to a building. As if that's the point. Others have equated the whole thing with, you know, try not to do anything bad. And one day, maybe, perhaps, God will like you enough to welcome you into heaven. And that, my friends, is so boring and irrelevant to the mind of Jesus. Right? Some of us grew up thinking, you know, if I just don't smoke, don't drink then God is good with me. But I mean, you know, there are a lot of atheists who don't smoke, don't drink, but they don't have the mind of Jesus. So there are a lot of things that we have made it to be what it's not. And so God has to clear the, 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 the debris out of the way for us to actually get to the actual true mind of Jesus. Because when you get the mind of Jesus, man, it changes everything. My friends, the challenge with this message is that it's hard to get people to understand that there is a difference between going through religious routine and actually having the mind of Jesus. There's sometimes we think we have it, but we don't. And if you go back to Jesus' day, some people thought they had the mind of God, but Jesus is like, you could have been farther from the truth. Like, well, you have is religion, but you don't have the heart of God. Because remember, the heart and the mind go together. Your mind is the headquarters of your life, right? It determines how you live your life. 
And so Jesus has to get us to this place of saying, wait, can we get all this stuff out of the way? All, listen, can, can I just say some things that, that the mind of Jesus is not? The mind of Jesus could care less about denominations. Like, the mind of Jesus doesn't care if you're Baptist, charismatic, Catholic. Like, he doesn't care. Like, that's not in the Bible. It's just, like, that, like, the stuff that we argue over means absolutely jack to God. Then we are getting ulcers over things that God cares less about. Do you know the mind of Jesus could care less how you came here and what you're dressing? Like, some people, like, their minds get jammed because where, where's the shirt and tie? Where's, where's the shirt and tie, Pastor? Where's, where, 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 where's, where's the shirt and tie, Pastor? Like, 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 as if Jesus walked around with a shirt and tie. I should be in a robe. I would have loved the robe. I don't have to worry about what to wear every week. It's the only thing I envy about Catholics. I wish I had a priest robe. Then I wouldn't have to worry. I can just be wearing anything underneath. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know that, that God does not care about the style of music? We do. The mind of Jesus is deeper and bigger and greater than these little things that we worried about and care about and argue about and have Facebook fights over. You know, Jesus doesn't believe that there's one church better than the other because it's all his church. Like, did you know that? Like, Jesus doesn't care. We confuse personal preference with the mind of Jesus. Personal preference is not theology. It's meology. So, so these things Jesus has to get out of the way to really get us to the actual heart of it, which is Jesus himself. To get Jesus is to really get God. Because he was God. Right? And so he's trying to get us all the way here, moving the debris out of the way, the, the religious debris, the preconceived notions debris, you know, all the lies, all the, all the misconceptions and, and, and religion traditions to get us here, to get to the point to say, guys, get to the place where you get my mind. If you get my mind, then you get my heart. And if you get my heart, then you get what I'm all about. I am fascinated by Jesus. Like if I wasn't a pastor, I would still be fascinated by Jesus. Like, he's the most fascinating human being that I've ever experienced. And I say human being, you know why? Because a lot of times we just look at him as divine, but if you look at him just as divine, you miss the point of being human. Did you know this? If you're taking notes today, Jesus didn't just come to die for your sins. He came to show you how to be human. Like, he came to show you how a human being who is fully in God will live their lives like. That's the mind of Jesus. Like, if you miss that, you will be religious and you will be bored in church for the rest of your life. And there's nothing more boring than being in church and not knowing why you're there. Might as well go to IHOP, man, have yourself a nice breakfast. Did you know the point is not to be good and hope to go to heaven someday? That is not what Jesus came to do. He came to say, like, here's how you're supposed, um, he's the prototype of humanity. Like, every company, when they're starting something, they, they first create a prototype and say, this is what we're trying to create, right? And they don't start to manufacture until they get the prototype right. 
right? And then they start to present that prototype, and they start to get business investors to invest in this prototype to say, hey, we can make a lot of these, and we can make a lot of people, life's better and happy because we have this thing that's actually going to change people's lives. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to say, I'm the prototype of what it means to be human. Like, if you look at me, and you walk like me, and you talk like me, you act like me, you're the prototype of humanity. That's the point. Anything less than that is boring. Like, man, sometimes you hear religious people talk, and it's boring. Because it has nothing to do with the mind of Jesus. It has everything to do with all the other stuff that means nothing if we don't get the mind of Jesus. You get the mind of Jesus, you get the point of life. Like, everybody wonders about the meaning of life. Jesus is like, you're looking at him. The guy walked around saying, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. They're like, wait, you're the Bible? He's like, yes, in the flesh. Because that's how Jewish people walked around. They thought the Torah was the, was the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is like, hey, you want to see how this actually works? Look at me. My God, that's, that's exciting. Like, if that doesn't, like, put a little bit of, like, excitement in your heart, then I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> that man, isn't that exciting? Like, Man, so, so there is a meaning to life, and it's not like some weird mambo-jambo thing. It's actually a person. And if I look at him, and if I model my life after him, then perhaps I'm getting closer and closer to the actual meaning of life. So I'm not just waiting around to die someday and go to heaven. I'm actually bringing that whole thing to me. Like, I'm bringing heaven to me. I'm not waiting for heaven to go. Man, that is exciting. I can talk about this all day. Right? The other stuff is boring. You know, like all the theological questions and, and when, when is the earth going to end and all this stuff. It's like, man, you're, you're wasting time doing the stuff that he wouldn't be doing. He's actually living. To know Jesus is to live. Without Jesus, we're just existing. Can you imagine him coming here right now and saying, guys, hey, the whole point is come to a building and wait to die someday. <laughs> I think Jesus would be shocked by what we've made this thing. I think he's in heaven going sometime like, oh my God, how did they, how did they, how did they get to this place? What happened to get in my heart and be passionate about the things I'm passionate about? Love the things I love, care about the things I care about, and, and be in focus on doing those things over and over again. Because the more you do those things, the more you bring in life. It's about getting the heart and the mind of Jesus, my friends. It's not going to a building. Can you imagine that? Like, who wants that on a tombstone? Here lies the man who went to a church building every Sunday, but he didn't do anything else with his life. But he was a good person. <laughs> who wants that on a tombstone? I have nightmares about living a meaningless life, even in church. Oh, my friends, it's about getting his heart, his mind. When I get his mind, guess what? Then I begin to operate like he did. When he said, come follow me, he didn't say, come follow some dogmas, come follow some traditions. He says, no, come follow me. Like, watch how I do it. Do you know that Jesus actually believed that you, when you follow him, you'll do what he does? <laughs> Is that how we think about this thing called Christianity? Like, I'm supposed to be doing what Jesus does? 
I can think like Jesus. If I think like Jesus, then I'm going to talk like Jesus. And if I talk like Jesus, I'm going to act like Jesus. And if I act like Jesus, then I'm going to help change this world around me. That's the whole point. Let me say that again. If this doesn't excite you, you're in the wrong place. Because there will be a lot of places that would love to get you in and out. And Jesus, okay, let's go home. We did it. We did it. Look, Jesus, we did it this Sunday. As if we're doing him a favor. As if he's like, oh my gosh, they came. (laughs) Daddy, brownie points, they came. That's what we've turned this thing to. As if we're doing God a favor. My friends, if this thing is an obligation, you don't have the mind of Jesus yet. If serving, if giving, if serving the city where his heart is, you want to see Jesus? Oh, go to the tent city. You'll see him. You want to see Jesus? Go to the shelter, man. You'll see him. He becomes way more real when you're actually engaged in helping people. He's right there. I'm telling you. People say a lot of times, I want to hear God. Well, put yourself in places where God is. I'm telling you, oh, he's so real. It's just that we kicked up a religion, we can't see him. Just like the people religious in this time couldn't see him, couldn't make sense to them that, wait, you actually are doing these things? These are not just theories. Like Jesus didn't walk around going, I have a theory. Jesus didn't go around going, hey, I got a Facebook post. No, I have a life. And let me show you how you actually do this. He said, come follow me. You know Jesus never had a classroom? Life was a classroom. Everywhere he went, he was teaching with his life. So to him, it will be foreign when people say, yeah, I go to church on Sunday. Wait. Jesus would be like, your mind's playing tricks on you. We don't go to church. We are the church. Everywhere we are, that's the church. My friends, this is it. This is the meaning of life. You didn't know you are going to get the meaning of life this morning. It's to have the mind of Jesus. He's the prototype. That's why Paul, the man who wrote this word, says, like, is there any encouragement from following him? Like, then you've got to have the same mindset as him. If you don't, you missed it. You're religious. You could be a good person. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not what Jesus came to do. You know, some atheists are better people than you. There are some atheists right now volunteering somewhere in the world because they believe in people, not because they believe in God. And they're closest to God than a lot of people who say they know God. I don't know where we got this idea, again, misconceptions, that believing in God is, is, is everything. These guys didn't believe in God because by faith. They believed in God because they saw him, and they walked with him, and they saw flesh and blood. They saw how he acted. So believing in God is not some foreign concept to them. Believing in God was like, oh, wait, actually, of course we believe. We saw it. And we did it with him. That is where the excitement is. And if that doesn't excite you, I'm telling you, man, go get yourself some pancakes. <laughs> I'm telling you, you won't hear pastors talk like that. 
Please stay. Please stay and do church. No, I'm saying, please go be church. Go be like Jesus. Because that's where, man, that's what the excitement is. It's when I'm actually activating his mind and say, man, wait, I can do these things like he did. Oh, it's exciting when you become like Jesus. Or at least you're attempting to be. I'd rather attempt to be like Jesus than to just have theories about it. Some people are so good at theories. You ever see the conspiracy theories? (laughs) You ever listen to sports radio? (laughs) Oh, man, they do that all day. It's like, don't you have a life? Christianity is a life. It's not a theory. It's actually how you live. And today, my friends, I want to get us to understand the mind of Jesus is the same mind that you should have. Again, time out. If you're saying, I want to follow Jesus. That, that's the point. That's why he's saying here, does any encourage from that? Like, that's the point. Like, hey, you should think and act and be and feel and experience the same things he did. That's the human experience that Jesus came to display. Right? So there, there will be no guessing games. It's like, no, look, I'm doing this every day. Like, I'm doing this every day so you can see it. Why did he leave us all this behind to say, hey, look, hey, go see how I did it. So you can do it too. Because that's where the excitement is. No wonder people are bored in church. They don't know Jesus. I'm telling you, anyone who walks away from church never met Jesus. Because there's, part of my language, there's no one in hell that would get me away from Jesus. If I know Jesus. There is no offense in hell that would keep me from Jesus. When I know Jesus. Like when I know Jesus, you can't move me. Like when I know Jesus, I know him. I know why I'm here. Can't move me. And I'm not talking about some version of Jesus that I created. By personal preference. You think Jesus would be over here raiding this church service? (laughs) That's what we do. We think we speak for him. We don't. We don't speak for him if we don't have his mind. The mind of Jesus is beautiful. It's powerful. I want to give you five. Like, I could spend six months on this, honestly. But I'm going to give you five things to whet your appetite. And you got to take inventory to say, hey, am I getting closer to this kind of mindset? Because this is the mind of Jesus. If I call myself a follower of Jesus, this is the goal. My friends, Jesus is the bullseye. Did you know the definition of sin is missing the mark? That means if you miss Jesus, you're already sinning. You thought sinning is, oh, I don't smoke, I don't dream, I sleep around. Yeah, you can do all that and I have the mind of Jesus. Jesus is the bullseye. Like if you're going to have a bullseye to hit, Jesus is it. Like forget New Year's Eve, I'm going to be a better person. No, it's every day I want to be like Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's it. It's to be like him more and more. Like we've been saying lately, can I get 1% more like Jesus? Today, can I think a little bit more like Jesus? Can I act a little bit more like Jesus? If I'm doing that, then, then I'm making progress. Hello, somebody. So, so I, I need you to take note because I need, listen, this is no like cute speech. This is like, man, I'm serious about this. Like, am I really getting the mind of Jesus? Because if I'm not, then what am I doing? Right? So this is it, right? I'm going I'm to give it to you slowly. Watch this. Right? Number one, the mind of Jesus is a mind fully submitted to
to God. If you keep reading Philippians, it tells you this about Jesus. Powerful, right? Watch this. It says this, though he was God, some people think he was just a great teacher. No, he was God in the flesh. But watch this. This It's amazing. He did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, when he appeared in human form, in other words, he always existed. He decided, I got to go show him this thing in real life, flesh and blood, what he means to be a person. If Jesus was here, he would tell you he didn't come to start Christianity. He came to show you how to be human. We made Christianity. Go read it. He never said, hey, I came to start Christianity. Never said that. He said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. I came to reconnect in God to back to the Father. I came to show that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I came to show me in the flesh, never to start a religion. Right? Look. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. He is God. But for my sake and your sake, he said, I'm going to put those attributes on the shelf for a little bit. And I'm going to suit up and become human so they can see the fullness of what it means to be a human being. And on top of that, I'm going to go and pay the price for their sins. Come back from the dead and show them that that stuff that they worry about doesn't have power over them. But in order to do that, my friends... He submitted himself to this plan. They had a plan in heaven before you were even born, the Bible says. Since the foundation of the earth, God the Father had a plan to save humanity. And it involved the sacrifice. They had made a plan in eternity past that would come upon a time where Jesus would come on earth to show the world who he is. Because God is a spirit, you can't see him, but he's like, how about we take on the form of a flesh and blood? So you can actually know who this God is. If you want to know God, you got to know Jesus. And he humbled himself. In other words, he had to submit. Like, let me help you with the word submission because, again, that's another religious word that has gotten out of whack. Submission is not, I'm the boss, you tell me, you, you, you do what I tell you. I've heard husbands use this word wrong. Wives must submit. But they stop reading. Because he goes on to say, but husbands have to love their wives like Christ loved the church. Like he gave his life. So it's a mutual thing. The word submission, the best understanding of the word submission is the word permission. No one can make you do anything without permission. If they make you do something, that's a bully. And a lot of people are bullies in the church. Nothing worse than a bully pastor. I'm the authority of God. If you have to say I'm the authority, you don't have any authority. You ever heard of the show Undercover Boss? This is the greatest episode of the Undercover Boss in the history of humanity. The CEO of heaven said, I'll be the custodian. And I'll serve humanity. Because I am 
given the Father permission to use my life. My friends, is that what we mean when we say we're followers of Jesus? I'm giving God the Father permission to use my life. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You don't have to tell me to serve. I gave my father permission to use my life. You don't have to tell me to tithe. It's all his. He gave me permission to make some money. And I can bless and be a blessing. This changes everything, my friends. I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. It's different. Think about it. I don't have to tell someone about Jesus. It won't come out right. right. <laughs> it won't. You ever try to force someone to do something? It won't come out right. It's like, no, man, I, I, I get to experience him. I would love for you to experience him too. Yeah. Permission is beautiful. Submission and permission go hand in hand. I'm not your pastor if in your heart you don't give me permission to be your pastor. I'm just a guy who says a lot of good things, hopefully. <laughs> but you can rebel about everything I say. Happens all the time. God bless, Pastor. But over here, just, just here, not here. No, Jesus said, you want to live a blessed life, learn to submit your life to God the Father. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force anything on you. It's permission. Why do you see some people get blessed and others don't? It's permission. Some people say, God, whatever you got to do. Some people like, I got this. But when I need something, help me. <laughs> Who are we kidding? It doesn't work like that. It's a f- full submitted to God. Like every day, you know what the, the same guy who wrote this said? Listen, I got to die daily so that Christ may live in me. You know what he was saying? Every day, man, I know how jacked up I am. I know I can get in the way. So every day, I have to submit some things. Every day I release my pride. I release my ego. I release my selfishness. I release my own plans, purposes. And then I say, now, I'm submitted to you. Have your way in my life. Use me today. Bless me today. That's what it means to have the mind of Jesus. It's not obligation. It's permission. Are you tracking? Number two. If you're taking notes, the second thing, the heart of Jesus, the mind of Jesus is beautiful because it's, it's a mind that is secured and confident. Oh, this is so good. Oh, man, if we can get the mind of Jesus, we learn to be secured and confident. Humility is confidence. Nothing worse than someone who's not confident. When someone's not confident, man, they'll jack, this, they'll jack stuff up. Jesus was secure and confident. Here's why. Remember, everything that God was doing in Jesus, he wants to do in you. Look. Look how cool this is. He gets baptized, right? He doesn't have to be baptized. He went to the river. He told John the Baptist, baptize me. John the Baptist like, I, I'm not worthy. You're God. But you know what he said? No, no. I got to show him how to do this. So I'm going to submit once again to the plan of God. I got to go through the waters to show them, like, this is how repentance comes. This is how healing comes. This is how the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. But I don't need to do this. I'm choosing to do this. Oh, it's so beautiful. 
Look what happens at his baptism, right? Look. After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descend on him like a dove and settling on him. The Spirit of God showing tangible evidence this is the Son of God. And a voice from heaven, this is one of the moments in the Bible you see the Trinity. You never see the word Trinity. You see just what Trinity is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dear loved Son who brings me great joy. Here's why I love this scripture so much. I love the Bible. You ever read it? It's fascinating. I don't read it because I have to. I actually like it. You know what I love about this? He hasn't done a miracle yet. He hasn't preached yet. He hasn't cast out one demon. He hasn't invited one disciple to follow him. And God is saying, no, no, no. Before you do anything, I already approve of you. I already love you. You're secured and confident in my love. You know why that's so powerful? Because we live in a society, it's about what you do, not who you are. No wonder we jacked stuff up. When you know who you are, you come from a place of confidence and security. When you don't know who you are and you're given a platform, you'll jack it up. Nothing worse than giving someone a platform who is not secure. You ever seen that guy who didn't have a title and he got a title all of a sudden? You, you don't know who I am? What you doing? Nothing worse than a person who is insecure with the title. Because they don't get it. The title doesn't make you. You make the title. I'm telling you, that changes everything. I've seen some pastors who don't know why they're pastors. So they have to have an entourage around them reminding them, hey, you're the pastor. You're the pastor, so here, take my bag. You're the pastor, here, do this, do the pastor, do this. It's like, who are we? How insecure are we? When you are operating from a place of security and confidence, there's a lot of things you would never post on any social media because you have nothing to prove and no one to impress. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. (laughs) Facebook would be the most beautiful place in the world if people weren't insecure. 99.9% 99.9% of posts is, comes from a place of insecurity. I'm telling you. Because a secure person goes, whoa, what, why do I have to post that? What am I trying to prove? And by the way, who am I talking to? Because we all know who we're talking to. But instead of talking to the actual person, we make sure everybody's in this conversation. Because that's what insecure people do. Secure people don't go on, on Facebook and blast churches. Because they know better. Talking about a church, any church, is talking about God's wife. And no one in their right mind would ever talk about God's wife. Because he said, I love my bride. The church. But when you're insecure, ah, 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 ah. I'm telling you, man, this changes the game. If you're secure, who are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to impress? You know what they say about insecure people, right? We buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't even like. And then we are in debt. (laughs) It's a beautiful place to operate from a place of confidence. See, humility is not to think less of yourself. It's to think about yourself less. 
That's what Jesus did. He was so secure in who he was that he's like, I can humble myself and wash your feet. Secure people have no problem. If something goes on in the bathroom right now, they're not checking their status. They can just clean the bathroom because it doesn't take away from who I am. It actually enhances who I am if I can do anything. What's a bathroom to me when I know who I am? Oh, man, this is so good. I'm telling you. This is, this is so, it's so freeing. You know why they're so free? Because a saint, I love this definition of a saint. A saint is someone who is simply, fully themselves. And that's what Jesus was. He was fully himself. That's why he drove some people crazy. Because he didn't fit their mold. Do you know Jesus, on the natural sense, this is what we miss when we read the Bible in a religious way. The reason why they hated him is because he disrupted the religious system and the political system. I got news for you. Jesus is not Democrat. He's not Republican. Because Jesus will make both uncomfortable. Because there are things on one side that Jesus is like, I'm with that. There are some things on the other side that he's like, I'm with that. Are those Republicans walking away? <laughs> Jesus is not Baptist. He's not charismatic. He's not Catholic. He's not even New Life. <laughs> he owns the whole thing. And he's like, because you guys are crazy, I'll let you pick. <laughs> go ahead, pick. But we go, no, this is the one. He's like, I never said that. You will never see one word from Jesus going, hey, that's the church. He's like, no, no, I build the church. Capital C. It's all mine. All of it. Only insecure people argue theology. C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, you don't, want, you don't have to defend the truth. Just let it loose. Just let it loose. Nothing to gain, nothing to prove. If you're living it. Secure people say less, but speaks more. Insecure people always have to have the, right, the last word. Yeah, but wait. Oh, it's going to get good. Do you know that secure people don't have to be right? Being right is overrated. Jesus was right, but he let, he let it be what it is. He's like, hey, who do you people th- say I am? Oh, they had all kinds of opinions about him. But he's like, okay, that's just opinion. But what do you, what do you think? You've been with me. Oh, that changes the game, my friends. The mind of Jesus is beautiful. How many of you want more of that? <laughs> Number three, the mind of Jesus is a selfless mind. Oh, he loves people so much. Watch this. He died for everyone. You know what blows my mind about that? Even those who will never, ever accept him. There are people who will die without Jesus because they chose to. But Jesus died for them regardless. That's selfless, my friend. The plan wasn't, hey, we're going to go down to earth. 
and just bless those who bless me. Now he said, no, we're going to go down to earth and bless everyone. Let the chips fall where they may. That's selflessness, man, at the highest level. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. He's like, hey, Father, what if we had this plan? When I go down, I show them how to be selfless, and then we can develop more people who are selfless, and we can change the world. Is that what we signed up for? Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Oh, you know you get in the mind of Jesus when you become more and more selfless. When it's about how can I bless others. I've never seen a person go broke because they're generous. But I've seen a lot of rich people go broke. By the way, he loves both. So let's not do this. He said everyone. Because we love categories of people that we like. But he's like, if you like those who like you, are you any, what, what makes you any better than the Pharisees? Anyone could do that. Anyone could like who likes them. Jesus is like, man, I got a bigger challenge. How about those who don't like you? He goes as far as saying, hey, pray for your enemies. can't be serious. No, I'm not so serious. Look, look. I'm at the cross. Look what I'm going to do. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, man, he's, he's amazing. Fascinated by this guy. I'm telling you, he blows my mind. I'm reading through the Gospels again, and I'm still like, this guy is unbelievable. Oh, if, we get, if I can just get one more percent of him. Oh, if I can just be a little bit more like that. Is that your heart? Is that your mind? Oh, is it? Give me more. Give me more. Give me, give me, give me. And then we get mad when he doesn't. So was it about what he can do for you or was it about him? Selfless. You know you get in the mind of Jesus when you start doing things for people who can't do anything back to you. That's why I love serving the city. Those people are not in position to do anything back to us. But Jesus is like, when you do for them, it's like you're doing it to me. And he said, there's great reward for that. You know what the reward is? To me, it's not even heaven. It's just the luxury of knowing, man, I made a difference. Like, that's it. I've been tithing for 21 years, not because, you know, I tithe so you can give me. It's like, of course I'll tithe. Look at everything you give me. You don't even have to give me anything else. I'll still tithe. That's the mind of Jesus. It's not what's in it for me. Right? Some people come up to you, you think they're cheap. Hey, uh, what do you guys need help with? We don't need any help. But you're welcome to help. That's different. Right? As opposed to like, hey, uh, uh. Right? Those are the worst conversations, right? When someone starts with their pedigree. Uh, let me show you what I've done. Like, the moment you do that, you already lost me. Like, that's so boring. Confident people will never start a conversation like that. It's about 
wait, is this, is this, are you what you do or is it who you are? Because we got those backwards. Selfless, my friends, beautiful character to have. Are you tracking with me? The mind of Jesus, number four, is compassionate. It's compassionate. Here's another word that has completely been jacked up. We think compassion means like I feel bad. That's not what compassion means, my friends. Compassion is a compound word. Compassion is pity in action. I feel so bad about this. I need to do something about it. That's compassion. If it has no action, it's no compassion. It's just a feeling. I felt bad. Do you ever feel bad watching a bad commercial? Kids starving, you change the channel? Come on, we all done it. Come on. No, compassion is, is when I pick up the phone and I say, I'd like to sponsor a child. Like we do with the kids in Kenya. A lot of you guys do. Hey, that's not right. You know what tells you that's not right? The mind of Jesus. He says, that's not right. You should do something. can't help everyone, but you can help someone. That's compassion. Look at Jesus, how he saw people. And this is what he's saying. Like, hey, guys, you can be like this. Look, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Is that how you see people? I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but they want to pass a law to get rid of all the panhandlers. You know why? They don't see people. They see a problem. Jesus sees people. That's why I told you. He can't be Democrat or Republican because it rubs against the nature of who he is. Because compassion says, yeah, we got a problem in the streets. The legislation should not be just to get rid of them. The legislation is, okay, where can we offer them? There's got to be solutions to this problem because they're human beings. I don't know if you're paying attention, but Jesus disrupts political systems because he doesn't go with the flow. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but man, they want to pass late-term abortion. Just saying that hurts my soul because to them, it's not a baby. It's a problem. What do you do with problems? You get rid of them. My God. How do we get here? How? Our minds are so depraved from God that we're passing laws to murder babies. This is not a political issue. This is a human issue. I saw that. I held my babies. I said, can you imagine? And they try to say, it's because of the woman. It's not. Do your homework. It's convenience. Because majority of times I, I did my research because I don't go by Facebook. Doctors say only 0.001% women are usually in trouble in labor. The rest is just convenience. But remember this. Let me say this. Jesus loves both. If you've had an abortion, he loves you. He loves you so much. 
But if a baby doesn't have right to live, what's, what's next? What's next? What's next? You know what I think about is, man, if you're okay with that, what else are you okay with? How do we get here? He saw humans with compassion. How much more do you think he looks at a baby? Psalm 139 says, he said, I formed you in your mother's womb. Like he knits you in your mother's womb. That's how much he loves you and cares about every baby. My friends, we need to pray for people to have the mind of Jesus. This is not a political issue. It's a human issue. How do we not see panhandlers as human beings? How do we not see babies as human beings? We need to pray for our nation, I'm telling you. This is sad. This is the most demonic thing I've ever heard. Late-term abortion. Abortion, period, but late-term. Full baby. What happened to the mind of Jesus? These are people who decided, no, we're going to do what we want to do. As God's people, we have a voice. We have a voice to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. It's easy to say, look at that bum. But I just feel like I could have been two choices away from that. If you don't feel comfortable giving money, fine. At least pray for them. It's the least we can do. And if you feel bad, go buy something to eat and sit with them. If you, I've sat with them. It's real human beings. You know, one, one, them, one of them said to me, he said, it's been five minutes, you're still here. He said, usually people after five minutes, they don't want to hear anything. We spent about 30 minutes together. And I got to know a man and how we got there. And we prayed together. He's not a problem. He's a human being who made some bad choices. We all have done it. I'm telling you, if this is not what we signed up for, then let's not do this. I don't want to do a church full of people who are too good for others. I don't want to do a church that's so holy that no one else has room to come in. I I didn't sign up for that. You know, if we ever become that, I'm out. If it's not about the mind and the heart of Jesus, then it's too boring for me. I need, I need, I need, I need something to live for and make a difference. Are you with me? Yeah. Here's the last one. The mind of Jesus was a mind that was always on mission. He had a purpose. He had a plan. He had a purpose was to seek and save the lost. Jesus didn't come to start at holy clubs. He came to save the lost. If we're not doing that, we're not doing Jesus. I tell our leaders all the time, if, if one day this church, everybody worships, everybody prays, everybody gives, we lost. There should be always in our midst people who don't know what it means to worship, who don't know what it means to pray, who still cuss, who still doing bad things because they belong here. It came to seek and save the lost. And if that turns you off, find a holy club. Because that's boring to me. 
I have nightmares about being in a church with the same people every week. I love y'all, but new faces are important. Every week we should have new people come in. Every week we should have people get saved. Every week we should have people come to the house of God. Let me give you one example of Jesus' heart for people. Watch this. Later, when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house, which was a tax collector, which people hated, but Jesus loves with his close followers. A lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. In other words, let me translate this in hood version. A lot of shady people came to this dinner. This blows my mind. Jesus attracts shady people. And some of you don't even have one unchristian friend. Because you're too holy to have anyone in your, in, your, in your circle. You hear some people talk and they, take, they say with pride, all my friends are saved. And your circle is too small. Because Jesus is always going, who else? Who else needs to get saved? Who else needs to know the will of God? Who else needs the salvation? Who else needs healing? Who else needs restoration? Who else? Look at this. Look what the religious people say. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and led into Jesus' followers. What kind of example? Oh, this is getting good. <laughs> Jesus is like, say it with your chest. <laughs> what kind of example is this from your teacher? Acting cozy with crooks and riffraff. Translation, I've heard this. I've heard people say this. What kind of church is that? Everybody can go. The kind of church that Jesus wants to build. That's the kind of church. My God, I pray I never lose the heart of Jesus. I pray I never forget that I'm a sinner saved by his grace and his mercy, his love. I pray I'm never too good for one more person. I pray I'm never too holy to miss holiness. Jesus overhearing shot back, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Go figure out what the scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not cuddle insiders. I think the kids would say, shots fired. My friends, is this the kind of people we want to be? This is the mind of Jesus. He loves people. He loves the hurting, the broken, the outcast, the homeless, the rich, the poor, the famous. My friends, this, this is exciting. That means every day, man, I can be like Jesus. Remember a few years ago, if you were in church, you, you had a bracelet WWJD, what would Jesus do? But the problem with us is we fall in love with relics more than the actual action. People love the bracelet more than actually doing it. So I don't have a bracelet for you today, but I have a challenge for you. What if you start to really ask that question, but in practical ways? Like I put some practical things here. Look, what would Jesus do in these settings?
Now let's bring the message together here as we end. Fully submitted to God. What would Jesus do? Secured and confident, what would Jesus do if I had that same mind? Compassionate, what would Jesus do? On mission, what would Jesus do if he was in me? Which, by the way, he says, I am in you. Well, you thought the Holy Spirit was to give you goosebumps? No, it was to say, okay, now, hey, now, now, what are we going to do? Single people, what do you think Jesus would be doing with his life? What do you think he would be doing right now? Because if you say you'll follow Jesus, that's the question. What would you think as a single man or woman right now, how would you be living your life? If you're not asking that question, you missed it. And because I'm a dude, let me put the dudes on the spot. As a single dude, how are you treating women? Are they just a means to an end? Because I don't think Jesus would be treating one of his creation that way. I don't think Jesus would be watching porn. The reason why he wouldn't watch porn is not because it's bad, because he knows that's a human being. It changes when you see people. You don't just see this is bad or this is good. Jesus would not be sweet-talking people to just sleep with them. I'm a father, man. I pray we have no walls in this house. And if you're a dad, back me up on this. You want to see me put Jesus on hold? Mess with my daughters. If I feel that way, how do you think he feels? That's why some people haven't got married yet, because he can't trust you. It's a responsibility. Why should I trust you with one of my daughters? What would Jesus be doing if he was single? He would be walking righteousness. He would be a man of integrity, a man of righteousness. A man who keeps his word at 3 in the afternoon and at 3 o'clock in the morning. Come on, talk to me. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this marriage? I ask myself that all the time. If I'm not asking that, I'm not doing my marriage any favors. Can you imagine if married people would begin to filter our marriage through the lenses of Jesus' mind? Most marriage are in trouble because we're selfish. Imagine you begin to look at your significant other with selflessness. He said, go read it. He said, the greatest illustration of my love on earth is marriage. He says, that's what I meant when I said, like, submit to one another. It's a mutual permission. You bless me and I bless you. It's not... What can I do to get away with me? It's teamwork. What would Jesus do in this marriage? Husband, what would Jesus do if he was you? Wives, what would Jesus be doing if he was you? That's the real thing, my friends. If we're not doing that, we're not doing Jesus. 
What would Jesus do as a parent? This one I have to wrestle with often because, because he said this. He said, they're the greatest illustration of my love. He said, every kid is a gift. That's why it breaks my heart with this abortion thing. He's like, man, I'm trying to give us gifts. And we're taking them away. And no one convicts me more than my kids. I'm telling you, you want to see Jesus? Spend time with kids. Jesus was upset when his disciples kept kids from him. Because they thought they were doing Jesus a favor. Some people who work for Jesus get in the way of Jesus. He's like, what are you doing? Let them come. He says, man, if you just could have a heart like a child, you would be further in the kingdom. You know how quickly they forgive? My God, they, they rip right through me. Do you ever have to sit down with your kid and say, Daddy, blew that one? Because that's what Jesus would do. And they're so quick to say, it's okay, Daddy. And then you're like, oh, my God. Because I'm not that quick to forgive. My wife would say, forgive me, and I'm still like, mm-hmm. Y'all laughing like I'm the only one. Some of y'all go five days without talking to the person you live with. Because of pride. Kids are not a nuisance. They're a blessing. I'm so grateful we got ten of them. It's five, but it feels like ten. My friends, I'm telling you. What would Jesus do if you worked where you work? Would he be complaining? Would he be gossiping? Would he be backbiting? Would he have a bad attitude? Do you know why some people would never meet Jesus? Because you never showed him at work. What would Jesus be doing if he was working here? I want you to ask that question tomorrow morning. I bet Jesus would be praying for people. I bet Jesus would be praying for that boss because he knows how hard it is to be a boss. Jesus himself couldn't please everybody. You, you want your boss to be perfect. Like, it may not be the job, the dream job, but it's your job. Get this. Most people right now We don't have a job. It's because of their Facebook. Companies are not looking at your resume anymore. Because they're like, let's go see the real you. When I I was teaching in our college, we we have a college for ministry. We would do interview with kids. We're like, that was cute. Pull up his Facebook. Because you'd be like, oh my God. That you ever meet someone in person that their profile picture didn't look like them? You're like. That's not you. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, some people have not gotten a breakthrough because they're not reflecting Jesus. Jesus is like, why should I give you more? You're jacking up the little that I'm giving you, and I give you more? What would Jesus do in this city? If we're not asking that, man, we're missing it. I can guarantee you, I don't know him. Like, I don't have his phone number or anything. Like that. I'm not those ones people that hear God every five minutes. You know those people? They hear God every five minutes, but they don't do anything with it. You know those people? Yeah. I guarantee you, he wouldn't be cursing the city. I guarantee you that. Because he created the city. Why would he curse something he creates? He would be finding ways to bring life back into this place. Why do you think he left you here? If the whole point was to get you saved, he would have shipped you up. Beam him up, Scotty. <laughs> now he said, I left you here to do something about it. My friends, what would Jesus do if he was in this church? Do you think Jesus would be there going, yo, that's my jam. They played my song today. <laughs> that message today was, it's all right. Do you think Jesus would be here as a critic? Do you actually believe he built this thing for us to go, hey, I'm the judge today, nine. It's like, for real, though. If we're not asking these questions, what are we doing here? What would he be doing in this church? Do you think he would be sitting here week after week? And say, oh, that was nice. Do you think that's the point? I'm not trying to make us feel bad. I want to bring perspective. Like, that can't be it. That's boring. No wonder we're bored. Because we're not asking Jesus, what do you have me here to do? Here lies the man who went to church every single week but didn't do anything with anything that he did in church. Some people will go to a church building for the rest of their lives and do absolutely nothing with it. What a sad reality. That's, I hope that's not what we signed up for. I hope we signed up for something real and powerful that keeps growing, that keeps changing me. Because it's changing me, I can't keep it to myself. Like, I have to bring change with me. Like, that's Christianity. That's the mind of Jesus. It doesn't stop on Sundays. It's actually just activates more for the week. Like, that's the whole point of why we come here. <laughs> Blows my mind. People raiding churches. Like, what are we doing? Do you actually think Jesus is co-signing your, your ratings? And going on Facebook and blasting churches? As if God's going, yeah, yeah, you, you tell them. What are we doing? You know, the disciples one time was like, hey, Jesus. Some people were over there. They were trying to cast demons in your name. We told them, stop it. We blast them on Facebook, told them, stop. You don't know Jesus. You think Jesus went, yeah. No, he said, what are you doing? If they're not against you, they're for you. Like, what, what, are you, what are we doing? We're fighting against the very thing that God wants to build. I've been praying with other pastors in the city. 
And I asked him permission. I said, can I post this just so our people can see, like, we don't fight with each other? They're like, yeah, let's, let's show them unity. And I took a picture with them. We all go to different theologies. But we love Jesus. And we love the city. And we're trying to do something better here. You won't find us fighting. The idiots will fight. We're trying to build. God's people build. We don't destroy. I've gone way too long. But my God, if this doesn't excite you, then don't, don't do this. You're telling me not to come to the church. I'm saying, I'm saying like, this, this got to be life in this thing. Get to know Jesus. Let me give you a practical thing to do this week, right? There's a book in the Bible called Mark. Okay, go there. It's 16 chapters, right? And tell yourself, if this Jesus is real, I need to know I go back to the Gospels every few months. Like, I always go back there. If you don't read anything else, just read the Gospels. See this man in, in action. Man, I'm reading it right now. I was reading it this morning, and it fascinates me. I'm like, oh, he's amazing. Like, that's how I feel about Jesus. If I wasn't a pastor, I would still be doing this. I told him yesterday during the mission, he just called me to do this. I wouldn't want to do this if he didn't call me. Trust me. Who wants to put themselves out there like that every week? Makes absolutely no sense. But I'm like, man, if I wasn't doing this, put me in the parking team. It would be lit. <laughs> because I can't help it. He's in me. He's going to come out of me. He's going to come out of my actions. He's going to come out of my conversations. He's going to come out. I picked Mark because it's the fast-paced gospel. You can go from one chapter to the other like boom, boom, boom. It's like the born ultimatum. Jesus version. And some people say, oh, he wasn't real. Why get all hang up about something that's not real? No, trust me, he's real. Second thing I want you to do to show you he's real, History Channel is running a show on Jesus this week. called This docuseries, a four-part series on, on History Channel. started last week. This man changed the world, my friends. No one else in the history of humanity Split the calendar in half. Now you got to be some kind of boss to do that. He's like, all right, from now on, there's BC and then there's AD. I go watch how this man lived and how people are fascinated by him. And we'll be in church going, Jesus. No, you missed the point. You missed him. This guy changes the world, it changes you, and it changes your perception, it changes your, your approach, and it changes your language, and it changes your heart, not because he, he's afraid of you going to hell, he's like, man, I'm trying to get heaven in you. My friends, Jesus is absolutely fascinating, amazing, brilliant, outstanding, powerful. Come on, stand up with me as we pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.